we've been talking about this um, this elephant have and and the beginning and the end and. I know there's more to go here because it's so deep, just those two symbols and how they're used. Yeah. And it's unmistakable. It's hard it, to miss. It's unmistakable that it points to Jesus. It's unescapable un un that it points to everything that the Lord has tied together in his word. And, uh, and again, you're, you're, if you, I don't suggest you go Googling everything because you can run into all kinds of stupid <laughs> stuff. But if you do, you know, anybody that's a Hebrew scholar will argue the daylights that Olive Toff doesn't mean what we're saying. And this, I'm not the one, I didn't come up with this. But obviously scholars, other scholars did and said, look, you cannot ignore this. This right. is obvious here. But on the same vein, we can become prideful. We can become arrogant. We can become... Yeah. You know, so sure we're writing something, and we don't. Neither neither side of that is either good. So, mm. just want to lay it before you and, and say, you know, look at this and consider uh, what this means. So, I showed you Olive Toff as a word. It's a word by itself, and those two symbols over seven thousand times it's in there, and it's a lot more than a grammatical piece. Yeah. But what about on their own? The Olive by itself, the Toff by themselves. So let's look at the Olive. It's the first letter, obviously. It's the A. It's that's ironic. It also is an E and other things. So don't get carried away by that. But it's their A, like our A, A to Z. It's the first letter. Yeah. It denotes the first position in all things. Remember, Hebrew letters. This is how God creates. These are the tools, the building blocks mm -hmm. of creation. So we're not talking, just talking about a letter here. This is a number. This is a letter. This is a symbol. This is a. This is actually a word. Aleph, right? It's not just a letter. It becomes then a word. So it's the Hebrew language is just difficult, challenging, and more than my brain can handle. But <laughs> they had pictographs. They don't have letters like us. So the Aleph is depicted, looked when it first started, looked like an ox head, the two little horns there, right? Mm -hmm. So the ox head became the symbol of leadership. It's the first thing, it's a leader, right? You follow leaders. The work accomplished by an ox is the bearing of a yoke, which is made of wood, enables the ox to pull a burden of some kind. Sounds similar. The yoke that Christ wore to bear our sin burden was a similar wooden horizontal beam of a cross. So a lot of people say, I uh, can't miss that one either. <laughs> Lamentations 1, the yoke of my transgressions has been fastened by his hand. They intertwine themselves and set upon my neck. Kind of thinking that may be a messianic verse there. The cross on his back is... The transgressions. Yeah. Now, that word transgressions is peshaim. They are intentional sins. They're rebellion, which requires that the offender experience judgment and destruction. But there's good news. The three letters in the word are pay, which is 80. It's the, for this whole decade, that word, that reality, that concept is going to be in our, prophetically in our years, right? Pay, which points to a new birth, pay. Sheen represents the final blood sacrifice of the perfect Lamb of God. That's the sh sound. And the ayin uh, sounds like I because it is. It's the <laughs> end result, perfect spiritual order, bringing spiritual power and significance. So this word, transgressions, rebellion, <laughs> is dealt with by new birth and puts you in spiritual order. So listen to the rest of this verse. He's made my strength to fail. Think of Jesus on the cross. Jehovah has delivered me into the hands of those whom I'm not able to rise up. Jehovah has taken away all my strong ones in my midst. Remember how all his friends abandoned him and scattered. He has proclaimed a moed. Now, that word is only used ever in Scripture for set times, feast days like Passover when Jesus died. 
He has proclaimed in Moed against me to crush my young men. Yehovah has trodden the winepress for the virgin daughter of Judah. So what a fascinating verse to pop up. Think about when you talk about this winepress, Isaiah 63, I've trodden the winepress alone and from the peoples no one was with me for I've trodden them in anger, in my anger, and trampled them in my fury. Their blood is sprinkled upon my garments and I've stained all my robes. Sound familiar? That's mm. Revelation 9. Jesus, he was clothed with a robe dipped in blood and his name is called the Word of God. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. So, all this imagery that you're pulling here, uh, you start to pull into this Aleph. It's often used with the name of Jehovah to indicate his presence, especially to reveal the Messiah. The Aleph looks a bit like an X, except like the, the bar that starts on the left and goes down to the right. The ones that goes the other way isn't like a solid bar. It's a like a little comma or a parent, not a parenthesis, uh, what's those little... An apostrophe. That's the one. Thank you. Yes. An ap- I always lose that word. Apostrophe and then an apostrophe on the bottom. So mm-hmm. um, that's what this letter looks like. So it's used with the name of Jehovah a lot. Indicates his presence, specially reveals the Messiah. But here's the pieces. The Aleph is three parts. That one line and then the two small ones. The little ones are called Yuds or Yods above. So and since that line is there, that represents heaven and earth. Right? Mm-hmm. A yacht above the heavens and a yacht below the earth, and they're divided, yet they're connected by what? This mediator, this valve, which is called. Now, this is them. This is the Jews that call it this. They call this vav Ben Elohim, the Son of God. Hmm. And vav <laughs> means nail. And what is the nail doing? Connecting heaven and. I'm, I'm just saying. I mean. So the letter Aleph is. The Yod, the right hand of God, the other Yod, the left hand of God, and Vav, the Messiah. The hands, of, the hands of God on the earth and in the heavens is connected by the Vav, which means the nail. So the Aleph points to Yeshua, Jesus, as Messiah. And separately, the Aleph does as well. So what about the Tav? The Tav was a sign of a covenant before it was ever used as a tool of execution. The Tav can represent uh, Tikiet, which means life. It also can represent the word Tamus, which means death. That sound. The the Tav in Paleo-Hebrew was a mark that was essentially the crossing of two sticks to form a T or a cross. The Tav is considered the mark of salvation or protection by God. Now, literally, in early Hebrew, it literally looks like a cross. But eventually, they moved it to more like an X, just because of the obvious connection there. This Tav mark appears back in Ezekiel 8 and 9, and ironically, during Elul. On the fifth day of the sixth month, that's now, Elul, Yehovah spoke this word to Ezekiel as he was sitting among the captives in Babylon. And Yehovah said to him, go through the midst of the city, through the midst of the Jerusalem, and put a mark, which that word there is tav, literally, on the foreheads of the men who sigh and cry over all the abominations that are done within it. So all those who were found without the mark of salvation or protection were slain. And he said, don't let your eyes spare, have no pity. This is the same word as the mark that God put on Cain to protect him after he killed his brother Abel. The first appearance of the Aleph Taf is the first breath of creation. The final times Yeshua Jesus identified himself as the Aleph and the Taf is when that old heaven and earth disappear and a new heaven and earth arrive. Hmm. And first time in Revelation 21, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. 
the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared and the sea was gone. I saw the holy city of the new Jerusalem coming down from God out of heaven like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. The one sitting on the throne said, look, I'm making everything new. And then he said to me, write this down for what I tell you is trustworthy and true. And he also said, it is finished. I am the Aleph and the Toph, the beginning and the end. To all who are thirsty, I'll give freely from the springs of the water of life. All who are victorious will inherit all these blessings, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. But cowards, unbelievers, the corrupt, murderers, the immoral, those who practice witchcraft, idol worshippers, and all liars, their fate is in the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. The words of Jesus. Go to the end of the book, Revelation 22, in his last few words. Look, I'm coming soon, bringing my reward with me to repay all people according to their deeds. I am the Aleph and the Toph, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. That's the Hebrew version of that uh, last book of Revelation. So I kind of feel like there's something in the Aleph and the Toph. Eh, it may just be coincidence. It could just be coincidence. Could be. But I think there's something there.